Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex, and today we are going back to fight the franchise with part two of our Halloween franchise retrospective, where Willie, Nikki, and Tim will go over the remaining films in the Halloween franchise. If you're confused about what I'm talking about, please go back a couple of episodes to the one released on June 30th and listen to part one of the Halloween franchise retrospective. As always, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can tell us what you think about the show or the things that we talk about. We are at MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine to find us there. And you can go to MidwestFilmNerds.com for all previous plus bonus episodes with full show notes. Also, finally, please shop at Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com whenever you're going to purchase something on Amazon, because then part of your purchase will come to us in the form of a very small percentage of the money that you pay, and we will use that to make our show and network better. Now on to past Alex to continue with Fight the Franchise, Halloween. Halloween, the Chris and Michael Myers came out six years later, 1995. Uh, we have uh, director Joe Chappelle here. Brother Dave, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, this movie starring Donald Pleasance as his final role in the Halloween films, I believe his final role. Period. Period. He died during production. Uh, and we also have a young Paul Rudd in this movie. Uh, the IMDb synopsis is quite long and wordy, so I apologize for all of my stuttering that I'm about to do. But six years ago, Michael Myers terrorized the town of Haddonfield, Illinois. He and his niece, Jamie Lloyd, have disappeared. Jamie was kidnapped by a bunch of evil druids who protect Michael Myers. And now six years later, Jamie has escaped after giving birth to Michael's child. She runs to Haddonfield to get Dr. Loomis to help her again. Meanwhile, the family that adopted Laurie Strode is living in the Myers house and are being stalked by Myers. It's the curse of the it's the curse of Thorn that Michael is possessed by that makes him kill his family. <laughs> <laughs> and it's up to Tommy Doyle, the boy from Halloween, and Doctor Loomis to stop them all. I, you, first of all, you nailed that. By the way. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, once. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> job, yeah. I mean, the nice thing is that I'm reading it pretty fresh. I mean, I read the first line before this, but uh, there were quite a few turns in there where I was like, "What?" <laughs> well, no, my favorite thing is six years ago, Michael Myers terrorized the town of Haddonfield. Which six years ago? Like, is this six years ago from the first movie and the second movie, or is it six years ago from like the fourth movie? I and then yeah, it kind of makes. If, sense. if a teacher were to ever call on you in class and have you read the synopsis to Halloween Six, <laughs> like the next person that had to read would be super intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were well, reading, if that ever happened. You were reading the synopsis, and I was like, "Wait, Michael Myers, uh, she's having his child," and I was like, "What?" Oh, wait. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> what? So There's a lot going on. This is, I should note, this is uh, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. There's no number there anymore. No, this is the sixth entry in the franchise, but they choose not to acknowledge that, which doesn't really matter because it's really bad. It was originally called Halloween 666, yeah. the origin of Michael Myers. Yeah. You know, yes. that might have been cooler. 
Because because <laughs> no, well, for, for just the simple... like Leprechaun Origins is cooler, right, Nikki? <laughs> I don't, don't I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but that was a mean film <laughs> to make viewers sit through that garbage. That's mean, but not Leprechaun in space. That's not mean. Origins was, but or whatever. But yeah. Uh, okay, so let me break this down real quick. <laughs> it's six years after part five. Jamie's grown up. She's underground in this laboratory-type area, this ritualistic area. She gives birth to a baby, which may or may not be Michael Myers, depending on which cut you you, you, you talk about. I, 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 real quick, there's a producer's yeah. cut of this film, which is kind of legendary around among horror circles. Um, basically, you could only get it on a really shitty VHS. <laughs> it was a work print copy that never should have been released, but people were obsessed with this thing. It went for eBay on eBay for like hundreds of dollars for a while there. It was insane. I remember one to buy a copy when it was around. Anyway, I'll talk about both endings because they end very differently. But basically, the the basic flow of the movie is similar. Um, this isn't available on the Blu-ray. I so. do want to say, you know, this is available on the Blu-ray, and the transfer it looks amazing. The really? tra- it can't believe they put it, it together. Yeah, it's like it's. <laughs> I don't understand how they fixed that. How they made it I, because there are scenes in the producer's cut um, originally that are almost like you can't see them. They're, they're unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but but people were obsessed with this producer's cut because they're like, this is going to be the better cut of the film. It's not. Um, so basically, there is no better cut. There the is film. no better cut. They're both bad. So basically, the idea here is that there's a, there's a cult of Thorn, which is led by the Man in Black from Part Five. Part Five, uh, we introduce him as as a guy walking around in shoes. If you didn't remember the last movie we talked walking about, walking around in shoes. That's about it. That's all he does. Um, so he shoots up the police station at the end of Five. He abducts Michael Myers and Jamie. He takes them to do some sort of ritualistic cult thing. It turns out that the man in black is none other than Dr. Wynn. Mm-hmm. Remember him? No, you don't, because he's the other doctor in the original Halloween that briefly talks to Dr. Loomis, who is only named in the credits, but he's the man in black. He's played by uh, the dad from Dharma and Greg. He is. <laughs> Mitchell Ryan. He Thank is. You. And played quite well, I might, I might add. <laughs> Um, so basically what happens here is that uh, Tommy from the first film and Loomis have to reunite to fight Michael Myers and the Cult of Thorn led by Dr. Wynn because they're going to kill this baby in a ritualistic fashion so that the curse of Thorn can pass from Michael because the goal is that he kills all of his living family members. It can pass from Michael to another young boy who lives with the Strodes. He's a young Strode, the family that adopted Lori in the original. Everybody got this yet? Mm-hmm. So it's up to Paul Rudd and Donald Pleasance. They have to fight him. Now, the ending breaks down two different ways. They wind up in Smith's Grove Asylum, the sanitarium, where Michael Myers was, was um, kept as a child throughout his adulthood. And it ends one of two ways. There's the producer's cut, which ends in a very uh, spiritual, druid thing. They're all wearing capes and flowy stuff and doing this ritual to kill the child. Yes. And then Michael Myers is stopped by Paul Rudd putting some rocks around him and <laughs> saying something. And then Michael Myers just stands there for a while. Yep. And then Loomis comes back in to the building and it turns out it's Dr. Wynn there in the middle of the rocks. And he's like, hey, I'm going to pass this curse to you. And he passes the curse, which I guess means that Donald Pleasance now has to like watch Michael Myers kill people. I think Michael Myers walks away in the man in black's outfit. So he gets a slick hat and some spurs. Yes. But um, that's about it. 
The other ending is the, the, the theatrical cut, which was more of a scientific approach. They throw off the robes. And they're like, ha-ha, this is more of just a farce, this druid thing. And they clearly have, have babies in weird, like, jars and stuff. So they've been doing some sort of weird scientific stuff with Michael Myers. And he gets injected with some syringes and falls asleep. And then Dr. Loomis comes in and screams, and that's the end of the movie. This movie is so bad. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Nothing. And this is where the, the, the series jumps the shark. I don't care anymore. Jumps the shark? It jumps the shark. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Tim, let's start with you. I just just go. I kind of like it a little better than Willie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not really though. The producers cut. I that's the, that's what I watched because I had never really I had never seen it before, and it's better than the theatrical cut or the cut they released. In my opinion, it makes technically more sense but that doesn't mean it's not stupid <laughs> i mean the plot at least makes a little bit more you you see where they're going with things. you get more time with dr win which is nice yes and unlike the theatrical basically what i remember from the theatrical is i, I haven't watched it in a while but the last like 20 or so minutes it's like paul rudd and dr loomis and dr win and michael myers in some sort of techno rave because it's just constant quick flashes of things and like babies and which sounds amazing, which is probably a movie they should make at some point, but it's not. And so this one, at least I had a little bit more fun with the cult stuff in this one. I, it was this, it's this weird mixture of some of the things I liked, the wackiness of part three mixed in with the original um, Halloween series. Other than that, it's not great. I mean, I, it moved quick enough for me. I, I had fun with it. It was just, maybe it was because I was watching the producers cut for the first time that I was able to kind of maybe let some of it sink in. I do want to say this about Paul Rudd. He's awful in this movie. He's so good. <laughs> He's so good. There's a point where he, he hears something on the radio and he turns back towards the camera and I'm going to do it to you. You guys can't hear me do this, but I'm going to do it right now to these guys. Cause it's Here, really wait, good. Wait, wait. We're going we're gonna to film it on the Instagram, and I'll put it up after this airs. Okay. So I believe Dr. Loomis is on the radio, and he says he's, he's being interviewed on the radio. Or no, I'm sorry. They're talking about Michael Myers on the radio, and Paul Rudd is now obsessed with Michael Myers after his traumatic experience of, a ch- of being a child, and this is the look Paul Rudd gives. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. I do want to say there is a uh, I'm not oh no I'm not going to do an impression. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> there is a part where he actually uses the same look like when he gets upset in Wet Hot American Summer, like and he gets, <laughs> and he starts storms off. Someone in a hospital tells him like you can't go in there, and he gives the same exact look of just like, like <laughs> <laughs> my God, screw you. And I laugh so hard. This also has my favorite um, touching on the geography thing because there's a flat out shot of mountains in the background. Of this movie, and you're like, where is this? <laughs> I lived in I lived in a suburb of Chicago for a little bit, and there were no mountains there. No, yeah, there aren't. Look at a map. <laughs> 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 All right, Nikki, curse um, Michael Myers. Not that I'm trying to criticize your your Paul Rudd um, impression. Yes, but there <laughs> was criticize away. But there was way too much neck movement. He does not move his neck in this movie. <laughs> Everything he does, it's like he he has an invisible brace on his neck. It's and like he's in the Michael Keaton Batman suit the whole <laughs> film. Honestly, like that you know, I mean it was spot on other than that. And facial expressions Thank you. Beautiful. But yeah, he does this weird thing with his neck the entire time where it, it 
He's got a stiff neck. I must don't know. Must have been an early version of Tane or something. <laughs> <laughs> it must have. <laughs> but I will say in defense of this movie that I now given the, these are what my notes say. I don't remember what the opening sequence was for this movie, but I wrote down that I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was um, <laughs> when Jamie is escaping from the underground laboratory. Oh, I like that too. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was very well done. And I actually even appreciated the fact that it was very out of character for this series of movies, but they did a recap at the recap at the beginning of this movie of what's happened. And I think that might've been also in part to, I don't know, make it fit more that they were going this cult route. But I did like that because then it's like, this is what's happened over the course of the last five movies. This is what you need to know that's important for this movie. And just forget everything else that's happened. I, I guess I can kind of appreciate that because of maybe there was a break in me watching these movies. But I did I did really appreciate a recap, which normally I don't do in movies. But, um, yeah, Paul Rudd is creepy. That is my other note. And, <laughs> really um, creepy. Really, yeah. really creepy. He you spends guys... the first part of the movie like watching the girl undress. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she, she's like, "Oh, this guy's all right." And then he's got like this <laughs> wall, and then he's got a wall of like articles like taped to his wall, which is always serial killer. I mean, that that's always like classic serial killer in any like CSI television show ever. <laughs> and and so is, he is. He's really weird. But I will say that this movie did have a lot of creepy moments and and especially with children um and the um carol the neighbor she was she the neighbor or she was living in the myers house she is the the kara kara yeah she's the lead, lead female on this one yeah yes um like her son starts hearing these voices and um, this woman, Mrs. Blankenship, um, a member who, of the cult, a member of the cult, which you later find out she uh, supposedly watched Michael Myers the night that he heard the voices and then turned on his sister and started this whole thing. She tells Kara that her son is also hearing the same voices that, that Michael did. And I thought that was very, very creepy. There's, there was a, a very creepy vibe during this, this whole movie, which I did appreciate. And it, it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily Michael in the shadows, but it did have this very eerie feel. feel so, And for some reason, that I think that's another thing I liked about it is it, it felt the most... Um, seasonal to me it felt the most like a halloween it did. movie because of that it did. stuff in there I, I like that quite a bit um yeah i i don't like this movie very much uh, i think i've stated that and it's it's oh. it's not great should we but, touch on oh, sorry um this is this kind of introduces michael myers as a uh as a rapist yeah i was gonna yeah okay. yeah incestual so, rapist it, yes <laughs> in the producer's cut in the theatrical cut she just gives birth there's nothing they don't really insinuate it too mm-hmm. hard. Um, in the producer's cut, he walks in the room. Yeah. And she's like, no, Michael, please don't. And then yeah. it like fades to black. And she's on like, a table and her legs are. Yeah. So clearly it's Michael Myers' kid. Uh, it's too much for me, personally. It's a bit much. And I, I don't understand why Michael Myers... Like, the thought of Michael Myers having sex in that mask is just gross to me. And not in a good way. <laughs> so I, choo- I, I don't like... <laughs> right? 
Yeah, the breathing can make a lot of sense. Well, like if he <laughs> if he wants to, if his whole sole purpose is to eliminate why his whole lineage, why is he creating more? That's the thing is none of it makes sense because yeah. you Can't know we're gonna to we're gonna have him <laughs> we're gonna have him have sex with the person he technically only it just has to kill yeah. to end this whole curse of Thorn thing and pass it on to somebody else. Also, why do they want to pass it on to somebody else? Michael Myers is doing pretty good. Like <laughs> like we don't need another person. He's all right. Yeah, he's he's pretty spry for a however old he is. Now, 40-something-year-old man. He's doing okay. So, I don't get it. None of it makes sense. I don't care. I don't like this movie. I'm going to watch it again at some point because <laughs> that's what I do. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, are we cool with getting into our kills, our Loomises, and our masks? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Tim, kick it off. Um, kill. For some reason, I like when he kills the... Um the older woman, uh, the Loomis, or not Loomis, um, Strode. Ms. Mrs. Strode. Strode. Uh, I like when he kills her by the laundry. He takes he pulls, takes a full swing with an axe, and then blood just splatters on her white linens. Um, I like that. <laughs> uh, um, favorite Loomis quote in this one. Someone goes to him, you have no business interest in town. And Loomis goes, Michael Myers is my business. And it's... My favorite quote because it kind of sums up Donald Pleasance's career at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, his mask in this is probably the best mask in part one. I'm going to give it a four. All right, Nikki. Um, I, I missed one of my notes, and it's just a real quick one, and it, and it says spikes everywhere. Oh, there, there, <laughs> there are spikes are, on walls everywhere in this there movie. There are so many, like, deaths by spikes. It's like a Mega <laughs> like, Man game. It is. It is unreal it's amazing like there was like even a random one that's uh that kills a nurse so i am assuming that there was a random spike in a wall at a hospital a what i don't know yeah i don't know it's just crazy it's but like a thorn Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. damn <laughs> mind blown <laughs> but uh my also my favorite death was mrs strode and it's just the whole sequence of She's in the house and and you see him in the shadows and and that he basically chases her out and there's this whole sequence of where is he and is she going to get away and, and, and she actually did the right thing for once she called for help I think I believe she called for help and then went out the door don't run up the stairs and not call for help like just she like I swear she did everything right and unfortunately she still passed away but <laughs> but at least passed away passed away <laughs> very peaceful death for old Mrs. Strode <laughs> but she did all the right things and it was one of those things like where I actually thought that maybe she might survive out of this and and then she obviously didn't. Maybe she rest in peace. But <laughs> but I thought it was a very very well done, classy death by white <laughs> blood on white linen. <laughs> um, mask. Oh, I think I put three and a half. Yeah, a three and a half. Yeah, it was geese. Cool. Um, I'm gonna give the mask a four. It really is very very good. Uh, it's deserving of a better movie. Um, the best kill is only in the theatrical cut. Uh, Michael Myers runs. Like he runs in this movie at one point, and I like I remember as a kid watching this and going, "Oh shit!" He like this is he's pissed now. Like I like this. He's like yeah. he's hauling ass, and he <laughs> smashes this doctor's head against a bar until like the bar breaks, so his like face is squished, like a whopper griddle marks all over him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my favorite Loomis quote: "I gotta go with the final quote that Donald Pleasance gets to give in this franchise. I have some business to attend to before he goes back and." 
and has one last moment with Michael Myers. It's quite nice, and and it was quite a send off for. It was a bad movie to be in, but he he rocked it throughout. Honestly, he and and you could tell he's unhealthy at this juncture in his career, in his life, <laughs> but he did a good job. So I missed my quote, and not by Loomis, but by a a fella um, trying to get lucky. <laughs> I gotta go take a shower, you know, to stay fresh. Oh, yeah, that guy's really good. Yeah, oh, he's getting fresh. He also makes a Beavis and Butthead reference at one point during the movie. It's really dated already <laughs> at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, or just Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Alex, what's next? Next up, we got Halloween H2O, the 20th anniversary of the Halloween series. Uh, this came out in 1998. It is the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. To the film series uh we've also got a young josh hartnett some adam arkin action in there which is awesome uh michelle williams uh l cool j joseph gordon levitt lots of people yeah. lots of people in this movie uh this is directed by steve minor who's also known for friday the 13th part two and three and three and lake placid and forever young starring mel gibson but uh the IMDb synopsis says, Laurie Strode, now the dean of a Northern California private school with an assumed name, must battle the shape one last time, and now the life of her own son hangs in the balance. So this is the first film to kind of retcon or to kind of ignore uh, some of the previous series. Three through six. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, maybe maybe three still happen. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> elsewhere in the world. Right. Tim Atkins still got laid. It's okay. <laughs> so... Take it away. Halloween H2O is kind of a response to the big boom of the uh, Scream franchise. And it it feels a lot like those movies. I believe Kevin Williams had a hand in writing this. I thought so, too. I think he's off the credits mm-hmm. because of some sort of writing snafu with, a, with the Writers Guild. But he did have a hand in writing this, and it shows. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. Um, H2O is brisk. It moves really fast. It's less than an hour and a half long, and I fucking love it for that. Yep. It gets right to the point. Um, I like that we've ignored the previous ones. Um, it's a good choice, and it makes a lot of sense. Basically, Michael Myers tracks down Marion Crane, the nurse that was the assistant to Dr. Loomis in the first and second films, the one who drops the bomb that their brother and sister. Um, he tracks her down to her home and finds some documents that state that Lori's still alive. She's living in California. She's this new person now. And the chase begins. Basically, Michael shows up and causes all sorts of havoc in her life. And she's a mess. She's a drunk. She sees him everywhere she turns. Every mirror she looks into, he's showing up. This felt like a really realistic version of me to what somebody would be going through, especially since the Halloween is nearing, the holiday is nearing for her. And that's got to be like a, they say it's a trigger for her. And, and it's got to be. Um, uh yeah, it, it, this this one's a very interesting one, and and I and I it breaks away from what we've seen previously. Um, Nikki, how do you feel about Halloween H two O? I would say that this one is my second favorite of the series. Um, I like that. I like everything about it. It's twenty years later. I like that she's struggling, but has still moved on. Um, I like the the premise of the movie where they're all stuck on this campus and with nowhere to go. Um, it feels like uh, a WB thriller is what I call it. And um, back in the 90s, Willie will explain. Uh, the, what, the WB was a, was a television channel. If, if you're not from the States, 
Um, it was a television channel that, pro- that played a lot of shows that were popular in the 90s. Dawson's Creek, um, One Tree Hill. Uh, help me out here. Roswell. Roswell. Hip Buffy Young was Stars. originally on that. Yeah. Um, Hip Young Stars. Good Looking Cats. Lots of people. And basically, this was coming around the same time as the Slasher Revival. We had, I know you did last summer, Scream, this movie, Urban Legend, a lot of those. Buffy is, or not Buffy, WB is very much, I mean, it merged with UPN to make the CW. Right. So it's it's essentially what the CW is now. Is now. Yeah. And, and we call them WB thrillers because a lot of these movies, these slashers or, or suspense films were coming out around the same time as this channel's popularity. And... Stars a lot of people that were in WB shows. So it was it was very difficult to find a thriller that was made during this time that did not star a, somebody from a WB. Somebody show. from yeah one of these shows. So you know I mean it's one of my favorite my my favorite series of movies ever are what I call WB thrillers. Um, I don't I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I think it's it's just an awesome movie. It just you know kind of. It, it's not a slow-paced movie. Balls to the wall. It, it is what it is. It's fun. It's uh, I don't know. It, it I loved it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty great. Um, Tim, yes, I love H two O as well. I'm a big fan. This is um, this is where I think Laurie Strode steps up as far as far as female characters in genre cinema i think she's an awesome character in this she's on par with like ellen ripley and uh, sarah connor she's and stuff a like that. badass Absolutely. In, she's a badass in this and she also has her own like demons and problems she's working through i love that i love that she's an alcoholic mm-hmm. i love that they introduced that to her because she probably would be at this point um and i love that she's a functioning alcoholic too she's not like a mess yes and yeah. she's kind of a shitty mom yes yes this is an interesting character you don't see a lot of that and she's the main character. And she has an arc in this movie. I mean, she overcomes that at the end. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think that it's awesome that she... Yeah, she's a, she's a, an extremely imperfect person. But... Uh, not that I'm trying to be preachy or anything. But as a woman, it's not somebody who is... You know, has her back to the wall. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, fuck this. I'm going to fight and I'm going to win. Yeah. And and I love that about her as an imperfect imper- person. Like, I've been shat on my whole life. I'm not going to stand for it any longer. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's she that the moment that she decides to stay behind, it's so fucking cool. And, and, and just uh, being a fan of this series and seeing this movie in the theater. And when she decides to grab that axe sends the kids off and starts screaming for Michael Myers to come out. I'm like, "Oh my god, yes. like are you stupid?" <laughs> like but I'm like I'm like, "Holy shit, you're awesome." Like, yeah. "Get it, Lori." Yeah. I and, I love that. And Jamie Lee Curtis can pull it off. Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome. Absolutely. absolutely. She's a fantastic actress. And yeah. at this point, she'd more than earned her stripes in, in And she was above this movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got her they originally wrote the script without her in it and then she they got her back and they rewrote it completely. Mm-hmm. Um so honestly, by this point, she was above it, but she's really good in this movie, and so is uh, Mr. Arkin. I want to touch on him, Adam Arkin, yeah, who plays. He is. Um, he's trying to woo Jamie. They're kind of dating at this point, I think. Is and he is so horny in this movie. He wants to have. He sex. wants to have sex with Jamie Lee Curtis so bad. Oh. Every scene he's in, he's trying to like kiss <laughs> up on her and rub up on her. It's hilarious. yeah, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked it. I like, like what a good character. He's a have. horny older guy. He wants to get some. <laughs> Um, this movie is very brisk. Um, it's, it's about 80 minutes long. It's probably too brisk because I think they, 
forget about the kids in the second half of the movie. Um, and I think that because I they just kind of disappear for a little bit. Yeah. They do. I'm okay do. with it because the main focus is on Laurie, and it's the more interesting part of it anyway. But I would get it's kind of in the back of my head the entire mm-hmm. time. I get that. It, it, it's a valid complaint because it's the the teenagers that should be. The kids that are watching this movie that should be relating to the teenagers don't get to relate to the teenagers because they're just gone after a certain point. Yes. There's I'll see you later. Um, but they can relate to LL Cool J. Oh, LL is amazing in this. He's great. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. LL was on a roll around uh-huh. this time because he made Deep Blue Sea as well. And survived both horror movies as not only a black man, but a rapper. Yes. Yeah. Pretty impressive, LL. <laughs> um, LL, in all honesty, he's a lot of fun in this movie. He is. His, he's great. His wife in this movie is a horrible human being. She's, she's always on his back. She's mean. Um, mm-hmm. She's mad at him because he's writing a, uh, a kind of a risque romantic romance novel. But you know what? He's holding down a steady job. He's a security guard. Why don't you get off his back for a and second? What is she doing? Right? Well, <laughs> she, how, how does she have time to call him while he's at, at his second job? Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> You know, and not cool. Not cool. From what I can tell, her main job is nagging. LL. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should talk about the finale of this film. Okay. And for those who have not seen Halloween H two O, please just stop this for like five minutes. Yeah. Because honestly, it's not worth spoiling the ending. The ending is so awesome. Yeah. Um, Lori kills Michael Myers yeah. in this movie. And she goes. She goes. She doesn't say, Go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't come off as corny. It's like, no. she's like, the <laughs> fucking die. Like, yeah. I'm done with you. I love this ending. And I remember, it, like, in the theater, watching it, being a fan of the first movies, and having put Michael Myers as a character up on this pedestal, like Jason, this unkillable monster who just, how could you possibly finish him off? This was like, oh my God, they did it. And yeah. it felt right. Yeah. Yeah. There's only two people that it would have been appropriate to kill Michael. It would either be Lori or Loomis. And and I think that I, I think that it was much better for Lori because for the simple fact that I think Loomis's um him before him killing him would be a very lengthy monologue. <laughs> you know, like, it would have just been like, I tried to save you, Michael. You know, you were just, you know, yada yada. But, and it, it still would have been powerful, but I liked that that there was this moment of vulnerability where yep. Jamie really wanted to have her little brother back. And There just, is that, that moment where they reach out to each other. I like that a lot. It's kind of that, like... Is he is he just playing with her? Is he trying to get her to like help him so he can yeah. kill her? Is he legitimately snapped back into normality? Like what's mm-hmm. I like that, and she doesn't give him a chance. She's like, fuck and you. I like the go to hell line too because by this point she's overcome all. She's telling her demons to go to hell, basically. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And it's, it might be on the nose, but I don't care. It's good. It's awesome. <laughs> I think we can all agree that this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I take it back. This is my second favorite movie. Yeah, it's hard not to not it, to yeah. like it. Um, let's get into our stuff real quick. Um, let's go. Uh, Nikki, start this off. Um, oh, well, my favorite kill was Michael's death. Um, it, it was just fantastic. It was the best way to end the series, um, which I wish it would have, um, <laughs> but it didn't. Um, but I, I don't have a quote. I uh, forgot to write that down. But I think one of the coolest shots of the entire movie is uh, uh, all of the movies, but this one especially was was him lowering himself down from the ceiling slowly. Oh, it's so creepy! It is so good, and it is it is very, very much 
um, advancing from the original, but still staying true to, I think, how he would operate. And it's being stealthy and sneaky and creepy as hell. And it's like, oh, my God, look behind you, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like, it, it, it was amazing. And I loved it. That was my favorite shot. Um, his mask. I gave it a three. You know. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, this is kind of a wonky mask too because there's that. This is the one with the CGI mask, right? I know. In, in a couple shots, <laughs> I it's didn't not good. notice it at all. It's like I'm... floating. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, we need to uh, rewatch it. <laughs> Tim, I don't have a quote for this one. Well, no, <laughs> I'm sure it's something LL said that made me laugh. Oh yeah, no, go to hell, go to hell, or something. Um, Adam Arkin said to try to get into Jamie Lee's pants. Yeah. Um, best kill. Yeah, I'm going with Michaels, too. I think you have to. It's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, mask, two and a half. It's fine. I, I mean, it's not fine. It's it's all over the place, so. Yeah. Uh, the inconsistency gives the mask a two and a half. It looks really cool in some shots and terrible in others. Um, my favorite kill is Joseph Gordon-Levin getting an ice skate to the face. Early. Early. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, he's just, it's just across his face. And all, all his character does is talk about hockey the whole time he's on screen. So it's funny <laughs> to me that he gets killed by an ice skate. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great movie. Honestly, uh, you should check it out. And in my opinion, this is just one guy's opinion. This is not on behalf of everybody else here. You should watch 1, 2, and H2O and call it a day. And you're probably okay with that. So anyway, let's move on to the next film in our series. Alex, what's, uh, what's the next... Uh, Sad, sad state of affairs for Michael Myers. <laughs> so next up, we've got Halloween Resurrection. Uh, this came out in 2002, also starring Jamie Lee Curtis, but we've also got Busta Rhymes, of course, and uh, a few other people. Katie Sackhoff, yes. the paragon of the nerd community. Yes. <laughs> uh, as everybody on a the internet fan casting would like you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, a fan casting for any film that's <laughs> ever been a woman. rumored <laughs> might have a woman in it. Um. This was directed by Rick Rosenthal, who also directed Halloween 2. He returns. Yes. And uh, the IMDb synopsis says, Serial killer Michael Myers is not finished with Laurie Strode, and their rivalry finally comes to an end. But is this the last we see of Myers? Freddie Harris and Nora Winston are reality programmers at Dangertainment (laughs) and are planning to send a group of six thrill-seeking teenagers into the childhood home of Myers. Cameras are placed... Cameras are placed all over the house, and no one can get out of the house, and then Michael arrives home. So, yeah, there you go. So, he's back for revenge. He kills his sister, like, in the first 15 minutes. He kills Lori. So, like, it's the shortest movie ever made. Like, we should have just called it quits it at that. It sucks as a short film. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, let's get, real quick, let's break this down. So, first we have Myers Ex Machina, which I will not get into here. Oh, it's, my God. It's super dumb, and it's so convoluted, <laughs> but really, it's the only thing that could make sense in this, in this. I mean, honestly, in terms of coming up with ways for this to happen, it probably makes the most sense. It's still incredibly stupid can, and dumb. Can we break this up into, like, before the uh, their like video and then after the video like after they get to the michael myers house and like before because i've got like equal parts notes for both so i don't want us to get sure what do you got for before what no, happens before no, they get to the just house? like i 
and yes, this is nitpicking and everything, but like just because this is so horrible, like the room, <laughs> the room that she's in. Number one, not that I've been in a mental hospital ever, but and like hopefully I never have to send you there. Hopefully, <laughs> but if she has to keep watching some of these movies, <laughs> by fight the franchise six or seven, she'll be in the nut house. <laughs> but I will tell you that that room that me the, too. <laughs> That Lori Strode is in. That room is not suicide proof. Like they said, she's suicidal. Not suicide proof. I'll tell you that. The room and the room has lamps in it and the room has closets. What kind of fucking mental institution has closets in it? None. I can guarantee you. I mean, I've seen enough movies <laughs> with mental institutions like that that no, they don't get closets. But, and then and then, like, who, a pro over here. Who built? Who built this this mental institution? Because they put the vending machines in the basement. Like, who they would do. put vending machines in a basement? Like, there's no, there's nothing else in there. They just go in because I don't even remember why. To maybe like fix a breaker or something. I don't know. It's probably raining as it always does. But like. <laughs> the, like that's just where they put the vending machines. It's How are you going to get your Lay's product placement in there with the vending <laughs> machine? Put it on the main floor. I don't know. You don't want to put it on the main floor because then the people from the mental mental institute like, they don't could... have anything. They don't have rights. They don't have money. It sounds like you guys keep saying <laughs> menstrual I mean, no, institution no, by no. the way. But men uh, what? <laughs> it sounds like you guys keep saying menstrual to, institution. Yeah, you don't want them to get you don't want them to, you don't want them around Those glass. women PMSing. <laughs> you do not want them to get to chocolate. I don't know. <laughs> I won't be going to a menstrual institution. <laughs> Neither will I. <laughs> no, but like it just none of it makes sense. And then, um, and then they're recycling an awesome kill from H two O, where he's in the basement and he drops down from the ceiling again, and it's and it's going from one of the last scenes in H two O to one of the first scenes from Resurrection. That it's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And it. It would be, I think it would be forgivable, uh, forgivable if it was one of the very first movies that he did it in and then you waited four movies, not you waited two kills and then, you know, reintroduced it. But it's really aped out of, out of H2O. Yeah. And and then my favorite, I'm going to jump ahead and just say my favorite quote because it's from this whole part is one nurse says to uh, to the other um, as they're walking into Michael Myers room. No. Don't let on that you know. And then... Into Lori's room. It, oh, into Lori's room. Yeah. I'm sorry. Into Lori's room. And then that nurse who says that ends up going into great detail about all of Lori's past and Michael Myers in front of Lori, <laughs> who's supposedly drugged that she sticks in her teddy bear and all of her all of her drugs in her teddy bear I, I like that part I that, when you when you brought that up I laughed really hard because I'm like she really did do that she, she said don't bring up you know Lori's past and her history and stuff and she immediately goes in there she's like exposition 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 <laughs> like what the fuck like yeah what? and it's like it just it, none of it made sense and it was just yeah it's stupid <laughs> Oh, and Lori's hair was a terrible wig. Yeah. Next note. Go on. Well, when she goes into hospital, she tends to have bad wigs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's a trend. Yes. <laughs> All right, Tim. It's terrible. It's a awful. It's my least favorite. 
it's unwatchable. It's so boring. Absolutely. It's so boring. And I think they're trying to catch. It felt like one of the late era Hellraisers where they took a script from a different horror movie and threw um, Pinhead in it. That's what they did here. It's. Ugh. There are people I like in it, too, and that's what's mostly upsetting. So it, it's bad. It's it's I saw this one in the theater as well. And it, from the from the word go, I knew I was going to be disappointed. I don't even know why I went and saw it. Yeah, because H2O either. is such a perfect ending to everything that it doesn't make sense to continue. Um, it's really bad mm-hmm. that nothing works. Um, they try to carbon copy the last film. And they everything lands like I think they forget that like you can't just cast a rapper in like a like a like a supporting role and and expect it to be LL. LL is a pretty solid actor. Yeah, Buster Rhymes is terrible. <laughs> and to be fair, he's given like some of the worst shit to work with I've ever seen. Tyra Banks is in this movie. Oh, she's bad too. She's really bad. She mostly makes coffee and dances in a garage. Yeah, it's really bad. Um. <laughs> Alex has a face right now. I've learned something that's very concerning, and it pertains to the next movie, so we'll get to it then. Okay. It's, it's not a good movie. Honestly, there's, I honestly don't think there's anything redeeming about this. I'm sorry. Alex has a look on his face like you smell a fart. <laughs> well. And the fart was Halloween Resurrection. Um, it's really bad. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's not that good. Don't watch it. It's not even worth, not even for a laugh. No, it's not please. funny. It's not. Please don't. We beg you. Please it's not don't good. watch this movie. It's not good. <laughs> skip this one and move to the, if you really want to see the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, fine. But skip this one in between the H2O and those. Even, honestly. Even if you don't want to watch the Rob Zombie movies don't like this. I did, it, it, unfortunately, like they're better than Halloween Resurrection. Whoa. They are. They're better. Uh, by far so <laughs> much worse than Rob Zombie's Halloween wow. movies. And you, you guys will find out later why... I'll well, just tell you now, because we might as well take up the time of this stupid fucking movie. <laughs> but that, that when I was... Uh, when Halloween came up as our next movie to, you know, whatever podcast um, review... Is the word um, that I absolutely refuse. I didn't realize until after watching Halloween Five that Rob Zombie's Halloween movies were also included in this, and I refuse. How, how you didn't think that was a? No, I just it, because they don't exist in my world, <laughs> and and so I have from day one because of how much I love the original Halloween movie. Absolutely, those were the only two movies I ever refused to watch. And I would watch anything else in the world before those movies. And then I was told that I had to watch those for this. And I put up a huge temper tantrum. <laughs> and and I was on the ledge, just ready to jump. Who saved you? And then Alex saved me. We sat down and talked. And I decided, because of all of you listeners, there better be a bunch of you guys listening to this, <laughs> that I that I would watch the Rob Zombie movies for you guys. And, and then I will say with all of my heart that Halloween Resurrection, <laughs> which I titled on the top of my page as Halloween Suck, ex- <laughs> exclamation point, Rob Zombie's movies do uh, uh you know outweigh 
Halloween Resurrection. We should just stop talking about it. It's just a horrible movie. It's horrible. Let's it's get, just let's... the best. The best death. Tyra Banks. You don't get to see it at all. She's just dead. She can't. Yeah. She can't talk anymore. That's good. Uh, masks, Nikki. It, it, um. Two. Two. Tim. Yeah. Kill and mask. There's no Loomis this time around. So. Uh, kill. Kitty Sackhoff. Who I like quite a bit. I think she's adorable in this movie. She gets her Which head. One? Katie Sackhoff, blonde. The blonde. The not Brittany Murphy. Kind of bigger mouth. Not Brittany Murphy. Not rules of engagement. No, no. The other one. Okay. <laughs> she gets her head lopped off and then it rolls down the stairs. Oh, with yes. the camera still that attached a, to it. That was I a good like, kill. I yep. like that kill. That was a good kill. Um, mask. You know, I think I. Can't, oh no, this is a bad mask too. Yeah. Too. All right, kill. I like uh, Tommy C. and Nicholas from American Pie fame getting a knife straight through the top of the head. You don't see that often. I mean, it goes right down through the top, which is kind of gross. Mm. It, it, like, touches the hair, and it freaks me out. Um, and then the mask is a three and a half for me. I actually like this mask quite a bit. It's a little too expressive. It has a little too much emotion on it, but I, I, I liked it. It was kind of stylish. Um, can I just uh, sound off? I do have actually a favorite quote from okay, this movie. Okay, go ahead. And it is, Hey, Donna, you got some great legs. What time do they open? Yeah. Oh. And the iconic one from this movie is Buster Rhymes at the end. He goes, trick or treat, motherfucker. Before he jump kicks <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That wraps up for Halloween Resurrection. I believe we have a duo of fantastic films to move into now. So we finally made our way to the remakes of Halloween. The first one being Halloween, which came out in 2007, written and directed by auteur Rob Zombie. Yes, sir. This movie stars Scout Taylor Compton, Malcolm McDowell, Tyler Maine, Brad Dorff, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, Rob Zombie's wife. But of course. And, uh, uh, the one thing, oh, Danny Trejo's in here it, too. Pretty much anybody you can find at a horror convention yeah. that's been cast in this movie by Rob Zombie. So my only other thing, uh, the thing I was, that seemed like I had smelled a fart. Mickey Dolenz is in this movie? Yes. He is. One, yep. of the, one of the monkeys is yeah. in a Rob Zombie Halloween movie? <laughs> Once again, Rob is a big fan of casting at Comic-Cons. <laughs> and Mickey Dolenz is at a lot of them. So. That's, I mean, geez. I don't even... But anyway. Who is he in this? I don't remember. Uh, I don't either. David, uh, D- Derek Allen, if that name helps nope. at all, but probably not. Anyway, the IMDb synopsis says... After being committed for 17 years, Michael Myers is now a gr- now a grown man and still very dangerous. Escapes from the mental institution where he was. Him- wow, there's like parentheses and things all over this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Michael Myers, now a grown man and still very dangerous, escapes from the mental institution (parentheses) where he was committed as a 10 year old (end parentheses) and he immediately returns to Haddonfield, where he <laughs> returns to find his baby sister Lori. Anyone who crosses his path is in mortal danger. So. Indeed. Um, this one really tries to delve into what would Michael Myers be like if he was a real dude? What would his background be? Why would he be the way he is? It examines a little bit about his, his uh, family life, which is less than um, stellar. Uh, mom is a stripper, and she swears a lot, and everybody else swears a lot <laughs> in his family. Um, Rob's got a style. Like. He's got a style, and it includes lots of the uses of the word fuck. Yeah. Um. Basically, he starts off by killing some people as a kid, more than just his sister this time around, and he's locked up. We spend some time with him in the asylum as a child uh, with Loomis and his mother, and um, 
he breaks out, and it kind of follows once once he gets out of the asylum. Once it hits about the halfway point in the film, we kind of get a, a mostly straightforward remake of the original with some twists and turns along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends differently. Um, we get you know Laurie shooting Michael in the head, seemingly ending the whole thing, and uh, that's kind of how it shakes out. Um, Tim, okay. Actually, no, Nikki. I want to hear your thoughts because you. I, I, I'm sorry to change it up, but Nikki, you were, as you said before, were sworn against these movies. I want to hear what you thought about Michael Myers in Halloween, 2007. I reluctantly say that I did not hate these movies at all. Um, I one of my biggest fears, I guess, in horror movies is creepy children and. <laughs> What, what's the guy, uh, Mikey's name, Skyler in real life? Something like that. He is fantastic. Oh, Dag. Dag Farch is no. the kid's name. No, Dag. it's not. Yeah. Is it? Dag. D-A-E-G is the actor's name, which is pretty really? awesome. Dag. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was Skyler somewhere in there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. And so he is fantastic. Um, I like the fact that uh, uh, he's so creepy and... And that he does so many things. I do like that Rob Zombie set it up where you can tell that he's starting to kill rats and animals, which is the first sign of of killing humans and that they are sick and sadistic. And I, um, his family life is just horrific. I would never wish that upon anybody. And, um, I don't know. I it, it's hard to put in words. I actually really did enjoy this movie from an origin story, completely different. Uh, I almost wish that this was not a Halloween movie. That this was just a similar kind of slasher movie. I wish that because I hated how much swearing there was uh, from somebody who who swears a lot. It just seemed. <laughs> It seems so unnatural, and just I could never imagine anybody using the f word that many times, and in front of children. And uh, but I think that they do a good setup of of him, where he is the very reserved and and quiet, and he has this evil within him, and it's this whole difference of nurture versus nature kind of thing, where I f- very much feel like. Um, the original was, it was very much nature, and this one, it's very much nurture, and and that he he does, he ends up just saying, like, enough is enough, and, and he kills that little prick, <laughs> a bully prick, and he deserved to die. I mean, that was, but that was, that was, that was such a good first kill, I think, because it really sets up how awful he is. And that he he's just so quiet at home and everything, and that and it's really creepy how he can turn it on and turn it off, and and then he just loses it in the woods, and I think that's just fantastic, and it just and it really is so jarring, and that you really realize what he can do, what he is capable of, and um, I guess my big my big negatives are just the swearing and. I didn't like all the source music that they used. I think that, and, and I guess it, it, it took me a while to get out of the fact that it was a remake of the original and that is a big difference. And it, it does have a very different feel to it, but I don't know. Um, 
the bully deserved to die. There's a lot of people that deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, the asshole boyfriend. Oh my god, I was so happy that he died <laughs> so early on because I just wanted him gone. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> but I think that they they just did such a good job of being so creepy in this movie and and that um there is like one point where Loomis is talking and he's going over his notes and it's a voiceover and it's just of Michael choosing his masks and and him going into his repression and that he's he's no longer making any progress and that he and it's just and it's it's so creepy how he describes it and then how you see it all unfold and and him being in the mental institution after all is said and done and as a child, and I loved all of all of Loomis and Michael as a child, and his mother coming in, and all their interactions. You like the prequel stuff. I loved the prequel stuff. That's that's what I really enjoyed the most mm. because it's it's child psychology, and it's just it's why are you the way you are? <laughs> you yeah. know. I don't yeah, know. absolutely. And I think it's interesting because I think that in one hand, and I don't want to get too far into it. But in one hand, on one hand, it's Rob Zombie's greatest strength in this film is all the stuff that takes place before the remake. On the other hand, it's executed in such a way stylistically that I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me. Personally, for me, it doesn't work because I don't like his style. But it's the stuff that keeps me interested in the movie. Once it hits remake territory, I go, I don't care anymore. I don't want to watch this anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't disagree. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's so damn profane and just nasty. And I don't know. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I, I like um, Rob Zombie's style. Um, well, more than you. I, I do like it. Um, I, I think Devil's Rejects is an amazing movie. I love that film. Yeah, I think yeah. it's great. He, it's, and it's part of the reason I like his style is because it's not for everybody. It's very in your face. And it's, it's honestly kind of dumb at points. Um, but his characters are kind of dumb. They really are. And he's, it's a very pessimistic view on humanity everything on everything really and i dig it i just think it's not the right franchise for him to do a straight remake of and that's where it falls apart is the second half of the movie the first half of the movie up until that part where he kills that kids in the wood that kid in the woods is brutal and effective and horrifying and it's it's so mean it feels real <laughs> you, you feel yeah. honestly there's moments in the in both of his films, and that's the first one where you feel like you're watching a fucking snuff film because yes. it's really like <laughs> like oh my god. Yes, yeah, and that's the stuff I like. I I remember when this came out. I was Do you like snuff films. Yes, I, I love them, <laughs> especially with a '70s rock soundtrack. <laughs> um, <laughs> when this movie came out, I was completely against it. Because I was in that phase where I'm like, no, I kind of, I think the same way Nikki was. I'm like, never, never. Um, then I watched it and I kind of felt like I like the first half of this movie. I do. Um, the second half where it turns into remake territory is terrible. And it mostly is remake territory with Michael just jumping through as many walls as he can. He breaks so many walls. <laughs> oh, <in this>. yeah. <laughs> but in a way, I, I used to be anti-remake all the time. But now I'm... For a lot of these, especially the slashers, I'm for it because it kind of puts them off with the old the monsters of old because they had the remakes. The thing is, Frankenstein had a, Dracula and Frankenstein. They have their trademark things. 
this feels this feels like he was making a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, it's just not what I want from a Halloween movie, especially the second half. And it's weird because the second movie goes even further off the rails, but I like it more. So, well, I know that Willie and I were having a conversation while watching it, and and he said that Rob Zombie wanted to make his own film. And that the studio wanted it to be Halloween, so it was very much this battle of mm-hmm. yeah. Know. And I said, I wish that almost that he had a if he had a choice that if he had to choose remaking the first half of it or the second half is that I wish that he would have remade the second half of it versus the first half because you set this up where it's this completely different storyline of him as a child and and why he is the way he is and then and then has the same outcome and it doesn't feel very natural doesn't i don't feel like michael would have acted the same as he did it's if if that was you know that wouldn't be the same outcome because even physically it's not natural because Mm -hmm. he's a child for most of it then all of a sudden he turns into a hulking pro wrestler yeah yeah so like who gave him all these weights yeah that's one of the things too is is (laughs) i mean i think (laughs) i think rob zombie obviously didn't realize that or he did realize rather that he could not have the stock and slash michael myers in this one Mm -hmm. because tyler made is seven feet tall he's an insanely big person and that guy can't hide behind trees although he does later on but um (laughs) It's not realistic that he's kind of that stalker that you get in the original Halloween. He wouldn't be able to hide in plain sight. Um, this one for me, it, I, I agree with you guys. The first half works mostly. It does, like I said, it gets a little profane for me and stuff, and it gets a little bit bogged down in that Rob Zombie fuck skull fuck everybody and all that weird stuff that he gets into. And but I do I the the second half is is garbage. I don't ever want to watch it again. I probably never will watch it again. It's such a shitty remake of a really, really good movie that it, it, it honestly offends me. Like, I'm offended by the second half of this movie. Uh, and I know that it's not all Rob's fault, and I hate to try and blame him for everything there, but he should have stood up for himself a little bit if that was the case, because it's not good. So, that's my feeling on the movie. That second half is, is, an, is, a, is a cinematic abortion, and I don't <laughs> want anything to do with it. Um, okay. Um... <laughs> Let's get into our stuff here. Um, let's go with Nikki here. What did you think about the kills, the Loomises, and the masks? Um, here. The Loomisai. <laughs> Loomises? Loomises? Um, the Loomisinati. <laughs> well, the, my favorite kill was Ronnie, the asshole. Um I love that one, not only because he was such a prick and I wanted him to die, but I love that that is, the, I think, the second kill of the movie. And it does set up where um, Michael is as a as a little boy and that he really thought out that death. He had to go out, or he had, I don't know if that was the second death. Maybe it, was, it was, yeah. He was kills it? the kid first, and then he kills Ronnie second. Okay. Yep. But he goes to the drawer and gets the, the the duct tape, and then he goes and gets the knife, and he goes and he ties him up to the chair, and it's very, very much thought out process, and it's not just like, I see this asshole in the woods, I'm going to beat him senseless. It is, 
it's a very different kill, and I and I like that because that also does set up the scene of of what he is capable of, and and that he slipped his throat, and it's awesome. And then he goes and kills so many others. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. Um, my one death that I didn't fully understand, and I think this is kind of a difference between the series, is that I can't, I don't understand why he killed Danny Trejo because throughout his whole entire stint in the mental institution, Danny seems like he was always nice to him and always on his side. And, and that in the, in the original series that he never killed Loomis and, and, and he could have, and even in this series, he could have killed Loomis plenty of times. He was in a room with him in the cafeteria and he kills somebody else with utensils that he has at lunch, which he could have killed Loomis a million times over. And that, and he didn't. And that because Loomis was there on his side, Danny Trejo was there on his side and even stood up for him. And then the fact that he kills him, I just don't understand that. And that there is, there is something left to him. And they prove that by every time his mom visits, he turns that switch back on or off or whatever. And then I just, I don't understand that. And that was very, uh, that that was very upsetting to me, not only as a Danny Trejo fan, but as a movie watcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my, my favorite quote, I guess would be the um, opening credits. It says the darkest souls are not those which choose to live within the hell of the abyss but those who choose to break from the abyss and move silently among us. Very creepy. Mask? Oh, mask. Um, I gave this a four and a half. Four and a half. And this was my second favorite mask of the entire series. I guess it can't get a five to match up with the original, but it's very close to me. Okay. Tim? All right. Favorite kill is the... Favorite's a weird word for it, but I think the best kill is the kid in the woods. I think it I, uh-huh. works really well. Um, favorite quote, uh, Loomis asks Michael in the institution, young Michael, he's like, what's your favorite color? And Michael goes, black. And Loomis goes, well, actually, black isn't a color. It's the absence of color. You go from black, which is no color, to white, which is all color. So technically, black isn't really a color. And I was like, like thanks, Fedora Lord, Loomis. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. You can know it all. Yeah. You rub it again into this. No wonder he wants to kill everybody. <laughs> Correcting him on stuff. <laughs> um, mask, I'm with Nikki. Four and a half. This is the best mask since they nailed the mask mm-hmm. in this one. Absolutely. Yeah, I would give the mask a four. Yeah, it's 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 up there with my favorites. Um, kill. I like when he attacks Dee Wallace, who plays the adopted mother of Lori. Mm-hmm. Who we don't see the the parents really that much in the original. We see the dad briefly, but he kills the parents in this one, the adopted parents. And um, I just love he like attacks her for a while, and there's kind of a not a chase, but like a like a beatdown going on. And he just kind of grabs her by the hair and yanks her head back so hard that her neck snaps, and it's really mean. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, like it just happens. <laughs> Um, and then my favorite Loomis quote would be, um, he says to Michael at one point, it's funny, but in some strange way, you become my best friend. And I'm like, that's really twisted. Like, <laughs> like this poor bastard's only source of anything is this sad kid. So yeah, that's a, that's Rob Zombie's Halloween kids. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to the sequel. All right. So Halloween two came out two years later in 2009, uh, starring many of the same people in Scott Taylor Compton, uh, Tyler Mayne, Malcolm McDowell, Sherry Moon Zombie. Fred Dorf. Uh, also joining, we got Octavia Spencer. Or was she in the first one? 
Nope, she's in the second one. Uh, Daniel Harris makes a return. Yes. Not as Jamie Lloyd in this one, as Annie Brackett. Uh, Richard Real was in this movie, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, some other people. Weird Al and Chris Hardwick. Yes, yes. Oh, and Mark Boone Jr. Yes. (laughs) Christopher Nolan mainstay. Yes. So, uh, the IMDb synopsis says, Laurie Strode struggles to come to terms with her brother's her brother Michael's deadly return to Haddonfield, Illinois. Meanwhile, Michael prepares for another reunion with his sister. So, um, how, how long after is this? This takes place, depending on which cut you watch, it's a year or two years. Yeah. So, um, it's Does not really long make after. A difference? Not really. Okay. I think two years makes more sense. Yeah, that's given where the characters are at. So I'd go with that. Okay. Um, we kind of find Laurie, she's really broken, and she's not the broken that you see in H2O. She's kind of like a, I'm going to put Alice Cooper posters on my wall and be angry at the world broken. Because, yeah, well, the zombie movies, there's no real set time period. No, These and I want to get it real quick. When the when does this take place? Because... <laughs> that's oh, that's a problem with his movies in general. I mean, it's not even, I don't, I guess it's not a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. Because <laughs> the first, the first, the, the, the opening half to, yeah. of the original, the first Rob Zombie remake, the opening half is clearly the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got like an eight-track player in her bedroom. Yes, and then we get to the the after stuff, the remake stuff, and it's it got cell phones, so it doesn't make any real sense. Right. But whatever. <laughs> um, so we we return to Lori. She's she's messed up. Um, we get a bit of a little prequel slash remake of Halloween two in the hospital. It turns out it's a dream sequence. Um, Octavia Spencer gets really brutally murdered <laughs> in the opening sequence. I mean, stabbed a thousand times. Oh, man. So many more than is necessary. Yeah, well, Michael Myers <laughs> screams at her while he's stabbing her. Um, this is weird because it's it's a movie that feels like this is what Rob actually wanted to do, but the problem is it's still a sequel, and I think Rob forgets that because he clearly he, he honestly ignores his first movie in a, a lot um, in the characterization of the of the characters, and then also. I, just the vibe of the movie. It just doesn't feel like the same franchise. Um, anyway, so basically we, we we wind up... Loomis is a dickwad. He's selling books. He's a scumbag. He treats his assistant <laughs> like like the worst person. In the world. Like, he's a horrible person. Yeah. And he's a total opportunist um, in the worst way. And it all winds up breaking down where Michael Myers is following visions of his mother and a white horse and a younger version of himself following them to go reunite Laurie slash Angel Myers with the family. And he kills a lot of people along the way, including Mark Boone Jr. And he winds up in Haddonfield. There's a big showdown. There's two endings to this film as well, both of which take place in a shack. Um, one ending is Laurie stabbing Michael Myers about a thousand times. And then we show her in an insane asylum grinning at the camera. The other one is the cops shoot Michael Myers about a thousand times. Mm-hmm. She goes to stab the prone Loomis, and she gets shot about a thousand times, and in her dying visions, sees a vision of herself in the asylum with her mother. I think that's the director's her. cut. That's the director's that's cut. That's the one I like Where better. she dies, yes. essentially, and, and the last thing she sees is a vision of herself being crazy. Um, <clears throat> Tim, I want to throw this to you. Yeah. You've got an interesting opinion on this film. I think it's it breaks away from a bit of of the the general consensus. So. I yeah, well, I've grown to really really like this movie. Um, it's I think this is what he wanted to make the entire time. Whether or not you like his, this, but this is kind of a breaking point too. Where if you don't like his style, you're not gonna like this movie at all because it's him on screen. the The time period things don't make any sense. The the first ten minutes of the movie are a dream sequence set to Knights in White Satin. It 
it's bonkers. Um, Michael it really is. <laughs> Michael in this movie is essentially just a crazed hillbilly, and he's he screams. He just grunts when he kills people. He just goes ah, ah, all the time. And to me, I'm like, this is this is scaring the crap out of me right now. <laughs> like this this guy's a maniac. Um, Lori can be a bit much in this movie. <laughs> she's very, but she's also a rebel. She's also a teenage girl that is been through a lot and um i really like sheriff bracket in this brad dorf brad dorf brad dorf is really good in this he is he's really good the most sympathetic character in he the is. movie and he's the most sympathetic character maybe in any rob zombie movie yeah. ever <laughs> rob is a man who likes he wears his influences on his sleeve he loves italian horror and hillbilly horror and himself and himself rockability and his music. wife and his wife and um there he's basically making a slasher movie with italian horror mixed in and there are shots in this movie there are shots in this movie of rob zombie's wife who plays his mom and that white horse and the snow falling that are some of the most beautiful shots mm-hmm. i've ever seen in a slasher movie they are amazing to look at especially in hd i really like this movie I, I like I've given in. Um, <laughs> I there there are issues with it. Uh, there are a lot of issues with it. Plot lies. I'm not sure it makes a ton of sense. It definitely doesn't match up. There's a there's a moment in the middle of the movie where he basically stops the movie so he can have a Psycho Billy concert. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, he, there's a band he likes, and they play an entire song in the middle of the movie. And so it's it's Rob Zombie just all over the place. I kind of like it. I mean, I definitely like it. All right. Nikki. I, I do kind of disagree with you in the sense that uh, if the, I don't think that it's all over the place. Okay. I don't. And I do like this movie a lot more. Like his his motive is is to be with his sister and to reunite his family together. And I I think that is much more cohesive than the original plot. I love that about it. It makes much more sense to me. It's that the one thing that I don't understand is that just the whole dream sequence, the white horse and his mom and them coming to him because I guess I just don't even fully understand what that represents. I mean, I kind of do, but it seems very, it seems very off for this movie. He puts it at the beginning. He puts a definition or something. It's never really explained well. And yeah. yeah, And so I think like, I I remember, I vaguely remember Mm. reading that and that, that definition and not fully grasping it because it wasn't, uh, maybe if they would have cut out the whole psych ward thing and then instead re-put that quote, it maybe would have put it all together. Cause I'm never going to remember that quote after all the fuck (laughs) that you throw on screen. But but I, I mean, like I, I do appreciate where he went went with the movie, and it all seemed very. It did seem a lot more cohesive for me, and I, uh, I, I do not mind Rob Zombie and, and his vision in this. I will never see another Rob Zombie movie, but <laughs> but I will appreciate what he did here for what it is. And you need to watch Devil's Rejects though, I, for real. I don't, I, I'm just saying you need to watch it because it's really good. This is coming for somebody who does not like Rob Zombie. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, but that 
<laughs> Damn it, you made me lose I'm sorry. my train of thought. No, but like, um, I don't, I don't know. Like, and it was, it was very visually beautiful. And there is a couple of shots that I absolutely love from this movie. But like, and, and I do, I loved that Lori was so broken down, and and I love that because she did feel very realistic to me. It was a little over the top. It was a little Hollywoodized. And she's not the strongest actress either. No. Yeah. But I, I, I really liked her. What I thought really lacked was Annie. Being, I didn't. I, I had a hard time understanding Annie's motives, and because she was like, she was in the same exact situation that Lori was in, and and not knowing that Lori was was related at all. And they went through the same exact traumatic experience, but then she's some sort of, like, straight-edge vegan. Yeah. But then swears a lot, and, like, there was, like, dialogue that's so forced from from Annie's character, and I was just like, what is this? I I, I don't know. I had a hard time understanding. She was so judgmental over what Lori was going through, and and I, I don't know. I just there's there are certain characters that I didn't yeah. understand. I did appreciate his style and his his uh, creativity and yeah. and whatnot in this. I don't like this movie. <laughs> it's not a Halloween movie. It's Rob Zombie vomiting on the screen, everything he likes, and I don't like any of things he likes. So I don't like this movie. Um, it's really pretty to look at in some spots. It makes me feel uncomfortable during some of the murders, which is probably a good thing. Um, but I don't like it. That's about all I got. Um, Loomis is the worst in this movie. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. I, I like that he took a different spin, but it feels so, such a leap from the last film. Right. It, it's really jarring. When you watch them back to back, you're like, what? Right. And like, yeah. It doesn't make sense. And that's what I, I think that's what I mostly meant issue yeah. wise. Is yeah. It, it feels like a jump, but it, it, it never really bothered me, I guess. Yeah. And I can see that. I, the thing is, it's hard for me to review this movie because I don't like anything about it, mm-hmm. but I realize that I just, it's because I don't like Rob Zombie's style. Right. He's not doing anything. The first movie offended me. Right. <laughs> that second half, because it's such an awful remake of a movie I love so much. This one doesn't offend me. Mm-hmm. It's just not very good, in my opinion. I just mm-hmm. don't like what he's doing. So, it's tough for me. It's not for me. If you like Rob Zombie's style, if you like that kind of crazy, loud, nuts out there stuff, go for it. I say go for it. you probably like it. Um, but not for me. So. Right. Um, can we get into kills and Loomis's and whatnot? I think. Okay. okay I'm ready. Uh, Tim, go ahead. All right. We will start with... Uh, Loomis in this one. He has a lot of quotes, but uh, um, my favorite one is he goes, Michael Myers is fucking dead. During a press conference. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. It's kind of, I mean, it kind of sums up the Rob Zombie movies. Um, uh, Okay. Kills. My favorite kill in this entire movie is actually not a Michael Myers kill. I've got a second one. The best kill in this movie is when they're driving along at the beginning and the guy just screams out. He goes, cow! And then they blast this cow and the cow just explodes all over. Um, that's the best kill in the movie. But you're going to say when Weird Al kills it on Chris Hardwick's talk show. <laughs> he makes fun of Malcolm McDowell. It's pretty funny. Yeah, um, That's the, the only scene of this movie I've seen. <laughs> 
That's probably it's it. It's the only scene in the Halloween series that I've seen. Sums it up. <laughs> Sums it up, Alex. <laughs> okay. The best Michael Myers kill in this movie, though, is um, when they're outside in the gravel. Um, and he is just stomping this man's face for a good minute straight and just grunting the entire time. And he's just going, ah, ah, it's so God. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Really. Also, my favorite kill. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. <laughs> that dude's head is a cantaloupe and by the end of that. They show the entire thing. They don't shy away. Oh, no, it's, it's so long. I couldn't believe what yeah, I was watching. It's rough. All right. Uh, mask. mask. Do you know what? I actually like this mask. I'm going to braid it the same as four and a half. I like this mask better just because the continuity is there. And it's so, it's torn up. And he's got hair coming out of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I like Hillbilly Michael Myers. Grizzly man. Yeah. You like Hobo Michael Myers? <laughs> All right, Nikki. Um, I will start with, I'll start with mask. I agree. I loved this mask so much. I gave it a four because it is technically only half of a mask, but, <laughs> um, but I did. I loved this and I loved how beat up it was and, and, and how worn in. It felt very, very realistic to me yeah. that after all that he's gone through, that this is how it would look. Um, I forgot to write down a favorite quote from this movie. So I will just state, because something I forgot to add was that um, on the dashboard in a truck in some some part of Rob Zombie's 2, there was a set of matches that said rabbit, rabbit in red. Well, you they go to the strip club. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Which is the... Um, or they go, they go to the, go to that strip club, which matches the, a set of matches that is found on the dashboard in the original Halloween movie. Yeah. And I would never have caught on to that if we didn't watch Halloween, oh, the so original the Halloween. Yeah. The, 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 yes. I love that. The matches yes. that Loomis finds in the truck. Remember he kills the trucker in the original? Yeah. It's, it's rabbit in red lounge. Yes. And then he saves it a strip. What a zombie thing to do. I love that. Uh, yes. And I <laughs> never would have caught on to that because who on earth would ever watch the original back to back with Rob Zombie's Halloween part two? <laughs> Anybody who was like, I need to feel better about this. <laughs> and so I was just like, that is amazing. I was like, holy crap, that is the same. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just such a great touch, even though... In interviews with Rob Zombie, we started watching those um, beforehand. He's just like, he is very much against cameos Be and and all that. So, it, Despite the fact that he stunt casts everybody in his movies. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, no, I just not getting into his character as a human being. <laughs> I, that'll, but yeah, I thought that was, you know, an interesting touch for somebody who doesn't want to take away from his film by copycatting the original. Right. But um, I don't have a favorite kill. I have a least favorite kill. And it is my least favorite kill of the entire series. And it is um, the kill in the field of, of the woman. Because it is right after... The scene is right after a vision that he sees from his mother... And from his younger self. And he goes to this field and he kills the two men, which I'm absolutely okay with because they're total assholes. But this woman, while he's on the ground after he's being beaten, says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's there for him. And it goes back to the truck. 
she's this young blonde woman who is very sweet in a very uh, well the guys are being assholes around her so in this very abusive situation this woman is there being very sweet and very much representing of his mother and that he then chooses to kill her anyways even though in this series he obviously has some sort of a conscience and that he is he has some sort of thought process. I never understood that. I didn't understand that kill, and I have a very hard time understanding that because it just seems very unnatural, even for him, being of the devil and, and being pure evil. I just, he, I don't know. I get that. I hated that. Um, kill, head stomp. Um, mask, I give it a two. It's not even really a mask. He doesn't wear it most of the time. <laughs> Honestly, the only reason he even puts it on at this point to kill people is just because they have to have the mask, kind of, sort of. So it, I, it's, it's a two. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. It's a non-factor. Um, Loomis, at one point, he says, "I'm selling the sizzle, not the steak," because <laughs> he's like being like his assistant's very upset with him that he's like exploiting this whole thing, and he says, "I'm selling the sizzle, not the steak." It's what a douche. <laughs> anyway, what a way to end this series. I feel like at some point we should all come back and do Halloween Returns. Yeah, so Halloween Returns starts next. filming next month, I believe. Yep. Uh, the team behind The Collector are directing and writing Collector and the Collection. I love The Collector yeah. and The Collection. So I'll Ru- be there. Rumored plot, uh, this kid who's one of the children of one of the victims from one or two, technically, uh, and a cop who... A cop, a, the child two. of a cop from part yeah. two, who's been the the yep. cop has been obsessed with Michael Myers. Uh, they sneak in to uh, watch Michael's execution on death row, and apparently he escapes. So what? I, what's amazing about this is it could be what our fourth, um, different continuity. I think it's our fifth. Okay, in the um, series. Yeah, one two H two O resurrection. One, two, four, five, six. No, it's our fourth. Yeah. Yep. No. Our fourth chronology for this one series. Yeah, I mean, that's if you think three didn't happen somewhere in there. <laughs> three could be its own chronology, so this could be fifth. Yeah. It's true. I'd like to see the sequel to three. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Let Rob Zombie direct that. Tommy Atkins. <laughs> yeah, he would be good at that. He, he would. would. <laughs> that's that the movie you should be doing a remake of. Yes. That's amazing. Anyway, so no, I'm excited for all we returns. Stonehenge will be listening to the Fog Hat. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> they play a live set on top of on top of Stonehenge or something. <laughs> it's so stupid. Ugh. Anyway, but no, I'm excited for returns. I I hope it's a return to form. Oh. <laughs> Should we rank them real quick? Uh, I don't even know if I can. No. Okay. Halloween's the best. <laughs> the original's the best. The worst is Resurrection. Can we all agree? Yep. Absolutely. Other stuff falls in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it all depends. Yeah. Two and H2R are on the higher end for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then Halloween and Halloween 2, the remakes are towards the lower end. For me. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're probably closer to the high slash middle for these guys. I am happy that despite Nikki and I's differences on Leprechaun and Space, we found common ground on Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. <laughs> I know. I, I'm also I glad. Can't. I'm also glad. The band's back together. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Dig through the ditches and burn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we got a song in this one. 
If you'd like more songs and fight the franchise, please write to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. You can also talk to us on Instagram and Twitter at MFN Podcast. We're also on Facebook, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. Search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can shop on Amazon, and part of your purchase will come to us, uh, and we will use it to make our shows and network better. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, there's Nikki gonna... has selected the next, um, oh, yeah. the next fight the franchise. I, are we revealing this on the air, or are we going to hold off and keep it a surprise? You know what? I think it might be a better idea because I don't think it's necessarily a big franchise. That might give people a chance to watch it. Maybe we should yeah. tell people because then they can watch it and they'll enjoy the the product that we put out a little bit more. Have we landed on this, Nikki? Are we sure about this? <sighs> I believe we are. Because we're—I don't know if you guys know—we're rotating picks. Yep. This was technically Tim's pick, even though he really—it was drunk Tim's pick. Because <laughs> <laughs> he went so, and had sober, to go and buy a box set. Sober Tim may not have made the same choice. But. <laughs> no. Um. So this is kind of Tim's pick, sort of. Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. But this next one will be Nikki's. So. Uh, uh, as long as nobody's too scared. <laughs> um. The next pick will be the Sleepaway Camp series. The Sleepaway Camp series. It's, it's that time of the year. Summer camp is open. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. And Willie said some of these are available on uh, Netflix. The first three are available on Netflix. I believe In that the US, um, of Sorry, Return you... to Sleepaway Camp, which is the fourth, but doesn't really count as one of the franchise entries. But right. it absolutely well, will one, for this. Yeah. We're going to count it. Yeah. we're. I think, yeah, we're that gonna, one is on... Um, we're all in. Is on um, Shudder. Oh, which is it? you should sign up for the beta for Shutter. Yep. Shutter TV is a service streaming service being provided by AMC, um, the channel that brings you The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and um, they are doing a beta right now. So go to Shutter dot com s h u d d e r. Yep. Not not the camera Shutter. Like Shutter. And uh, hopefully you get an email. We could jump into the beta. I checked out the selection. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. Yeah. Got some foreign stuff, some kind of off the wall stuff, some eighties, nineties, seventies, so on and so forth. But check it out. I believe that Sleepaway Camp movie is on Shutter. Yeah. So. All right, I think that's pretty much it. Until the next Fight the Franchise, Kyle X.Y., go watch a movie.